0: So
1: let's face it, managing compliance sucks. It's complicated, it's so hard to keep organized, and it requires a ton of expertise in order to survive the entire process. Welcome to Compliance Unfiltered, a podcast dedicated to making compliance suck less. Now, here's your host, Todd Cachot, with Adam Goslin.
0: Well, welcome in to another edition of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cusho, alongside the Master Florence, to your compliance bouquet. Mr. Adam Goslin. how the heck are you, sir? <laughs> I
1: don't think I've ever been called a Master Florence. That's fun. Welcome. <laughs> I'm doing good, Todd. How always so.
0: I can't complain, sir. I can't complain. Now, today, we're going to jump right into it, and that is the deadline is fastly approaching uh, that of 3 2024 For filling out PCI 3.2.1 paperwork, what do folks, Adam, need to know now regarding the transition to PCI 4?
1: Well, you know, at a at a high level, you're correct. That deadline is fast approaching. Uh most organizations have been, you know, kind of dragging their feet and da, da da da. But you know, the reality is is that you know the time for you know the time for putting it off uh is is certainly past at this stage of the game. Um organizations in the PCI space need to uh turn their focus to uh, well, what the hell do we do here um the reality is is that uh folks can sign off on a pci 321 aoc until the end of march and you know for everybody that you know has an annual date that falls on april 1st or afterwards then you have to go against four um, so if you if you haven't already gone down the path of making the transition, uh, I, I know for the folks that are, you know, that are listeners, uh, you know, certainly those that are in uh, the, uh, the assessor space, uh, they have been seeing a, a, a pretty big pickup uh, in terms of people uh, starting to uh, to have that kind of, you know, oh, shit moment. Um, and, uh, and they're also seeing a, a pretty heavy push uh, of people wanting to get their, uh, wanting to get their stuff wrapped up before the end of March. So, um, the, the, the assessor world is, uh, is certainly hopping. Um, and for the companies that are subject to compliance, um, they really need to, they really need to get their game together. Um, you know, in terms of, uh, in terms of getting through, uh, getting through this process.
0: No. How hard is it going to be for folks to make the transition to PCI 4.0? That's really the question that everybody wants to know about.
1: Well, you know, switching is uh, is going to be uh, interesting. Um, you know, uh, you know, as organizations go, um, a lot of companies are are surprised at you know how much needs to needs to change. Uh, how much do they need to kind of gut about what they're doing? Um, there's a lot of planning, a lot of analysis involved in in kind of making the transition. Um, you know, certainly, um, you know, if you're lucky enough to have an assessor, um, you know, it'll require a lot of conversation with them. Uh, you know, as you go through the process, um, certainly if you are uh, are not an organization that leverages an assessor, um, you know, it it's going to take time and effort to get your arms around the new requirements, figure out impacts to your organization. Um, you've got changes to your policies, procedures, and you know, uh, rounds of confirmations and double check scope confirmation, y- you know, the, the the reality is, is that if these organizations that are about to go through this process, you know, if they're using, you know, kind of a, a spreadsheet approach to, to how they do what they do, Uh, They've got literally hundreds of hours uh, of work ahead of them, Uh, you know, not 100 or 200, but they could be in the 400, you know, 400 or more hours, uh, you know, range when all is said and done, um, just trying to get themselves prepped and, you know, prepped and ready to to head down this path. You know, you figure, um, you know, that that compendium of work. It includes a lot of different moving pieces and parts. Um, You know, they've got to go down and identify what's new and different about PCI-4. Uh, What do each of the new requirements mean in their circumstances? Um, Figuring out of the totality of requirements for four, what do I already have sorted out? Um, They've got to basically map their existing controls from 321 over to PCI-4. Um, They need to figure out what adjustments they need to make to their policies and procedures. Um, They've got to go in and gut and replace Uh, their, uh, you know, tracking and management system for how do they, you know, go up against this new standard, Uh, you know, any any tracking systems or storage locations that they've got for how they do what they do uh, are going to need to be revamped for four, Um, you know, building out their strategic plan for the transition. Um, assigning tasks to, uh, you know, to all the various people, um, tracking and reporting their progress along the way, uh, you know, and certainly reporting their progress up to leadership. Um, you know, these are all, these are all internal elements that every organization that's going to be going through this process is going to need to face, uh, face and resolve uh, as they, you know, kind of make this transition. And for those that are dealing with, uh, you know, dealing with an assessor, um, you know, the, or QSA, quality Qualified security Assessor. Um, they also need to then also coordinate with them. Uh, you know, uh, it's certainly not going to be as quick as e- and easy as it was to do your recertification under PCI 321. Um, there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, kind of back and forth as they, you know, kind of get their arms around the intricacies of PCI version 4.
0: What should folks be doing in their annual AO or if their annual AOC date is in April and May of this year? Because I mean, that's going to be here before we know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, uh, I mean, honestly, if you're in early April, you're you're as you're you're as few as three months away from this, um, you know, type of thing. So, you know, if your if your signature date on your AOC is in that April or May time frame, um, you and you haven't started this yet. Man, you have a ton of work that needs to get done uh, in a very, very brevi- abbreviated period of time. Um, you know, you're going to need to get through all of your transition, get everything buttoned up, you know, and and, and whatnot, in as little as three months. Um, it, it's, it's going to be uh, un, uh, unbelievably challenging um, to navigate those waters. Um, you know, the, the, the one uh, recommendation or one point of consideration for these companies, especially if they haven't even started, um, you may want to consider drawing your date forward. Uh, draw your date forward and get your 321 paperwork signed off. I understand, like, let's say that they're in a, you know, in, in late May or, or something is their annual date, you know, for signature, I understand you're going to basically make this year's cycle for three, two, one, you know, nine or 10 months instead of, you know, a full 12 months there's nothing stopping you from going in and re-signing in advance of that 331. Um, You know, I've seen a lot of organizations that are pushing, you know, pushing their annual assessment date forward on the calendar, you know, uh, know, kind of ahead or earlier on the calendar um, so that they can, um, you know, just go ahead fill out all of their paperwork in march um you know and that way they effectively buy themselves a year um to go through the you know go through the transition um you know so it you know if you do um you know go in and sign off on your aoc the one thing for for organ early the one thing for organizations to keep in mind is you're you're now effectively pushing up you know this this compendium of work you otherwise Probably would have been doing, you know, March through, you know, March through early May, um, you know, honestly is now work that's going to get pushed into your January to, you know, January to March timeframe, you know. So keep in mind that, you know, you're going to have some stress and some strain on your internal personnel by making the attempt to shift that date forward. Um, It's going to be, it's not going to be easy, but. Maybe easier than you know than contemplating you know pulling an entire transition to four out of your fanny, uh, you know, over that same period of time. You know what I mean?
0: I certainly do. Now, what about folks who have their annual compliance recertification date like later in the year?
1: Well, for them, it's a different math problem, right? Um, you know, if your AOC is in July or August, you know, you're not as under the gun as those people that have April or May dates. Uh, you know, but it, you know, again, it's gonna take them more time than they think. Um, and I can tell you that say even six months isn't going to be, you know, oh, well, yeah, now we got tons of time and blah, blah, blah. It's not going to be a comfortable path. Um, You know, really, you know, for those organizations that are in, you know, that have, you know, research dates uh, very late in calendar Q2 slash Q3 or Q4, uh, you know, certainly for those late Q3s and uh, sorry, the late Q2s and early Q3s, um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a pressure cooker uh, to try to get through, you know, get through it. Um, certainly, uh, the organizations that are using spreadsheets, um, their own whatever, uh, you, know, uh, you know, SharePoint or, um, you know, network drives to store all their stuff that need to get overhauled and whatnot, those organizations are likely to feel the greatest amount of pain. Um, you know, just because they, they now need to go in and not only recreate their, their systems and management tracking and blah, 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 but now they also have to go through all the other tasks that I just went through. Um, you know if you're if you're in a Q4 you know type time frame you're in a better position uh, but you know you don't want to be wasting time uh you know as you're you know kind of as you're heading down this path um certainly uh, i i'd recommend to you know, to organizations if you haven't started on your PCI 4 get freaking started on it because um you know it it'd be a hell of a lot better situation to have you know, have a sense of comfort and have everything, you know, all set, uh, you know, in advance of, uh, you know, of basically having the proverbial, you know, kind of gun at temple, if you will.
0: Most definitely. What uh, what tool sets should listeners put uh, consideration into regarding the transition?
1: Well, you know, the- I mean,
0: just just for clarity, there are literally 2000 more checkboxes to check <laughs> on this version. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I uh you know there's uh I think in totality there's almost 600 different moving pieces and parts for uh you know for a, for a PCI 4. Uh, you know, run that doesn't even count. Uh, how many, how many more come into play when you start turning a PCI four track into operational mode? Um, you know, the 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 one thing that that organization certainly tooling, uh, you know, is uh, is an element of this equation, which has the capability to either make your world uh, monstrously more painful or monstrously less painful, um, you know, life is full of choices. Um, you know, the, the the difficulties with manual systems is, you know, even if you have this homegrown system that you spent years perfecting before PCI-4, um, you know, you're gonna need to make a whole bunch of fundamental changes, um, you know, to be able to get, uh, you know, this cycle to run to run effectively. <laughs> Good morning. Um, and, uh, you know, you're going to have to do a bunch of work to uh, to get things uh, get things lined up so that they, uh, you know, so that they're working correctly, um, you know, and it's probably going to be quite the mess. Um, you're going to be spending a bunch of resources and indirect dollars, you know, on the effort of, uh, you know, of the retooling, uh, you know, and whatnot. And the one thing that, that organizations should put into consideration consideration is, do we really want to invest in that adventure? Or uh, do we want to, uh, you know, it just take, take those dollars and put them toward, uh, toward to actual physical tooling that will help? Um, you know, th- the other thing for organizations to keep in mind is that, you know, whether they're going up against PCI uh, PCI4 uh pci4 is going to turn into pci4 point something eventually turning into pci5 uh you know for organizations out there that you know are dealing with pci and other certifications you know let's say an organization that's going through SOC and hipaa and iso you know as an example all of those standards are going to be changing as well so you you have a more and more complicated landscape Uh, you know, for what we need to be able to support through the process. So that said, for those that are looking for an easier transition, uh, you know, certainly tooling sets like the TCT portal, compliance management systems, um, you know, they're they're built to literally to be a godsend. Um, You know, you've got a whole bunch of capabilities at your fingertips, including, um, you know, if you're on this quick push to go through your 321, you know, then go ahead and use a compliance management system uh do your 321 on that system and that way you've got the ability to make uh you know do do a number of different things that fall right at your fingertips things like uh you know automatically mapping your PCI 321 into a 4 uh you know being able to have reference material as you're going through for of what you did the last time on similar controls under 321 uh, who did what when you know who did which uh, particular elements and items you're able to instantly tell things like uh, you know what items is it that we don't have uh, you know don't have covered um, you can tell that simply uh, when you're taking advantage of, of tooling and tool sets um, you know additionally through compliance management systems you know you've got a number of different uh, different other assets and elements that are sit- literally right at your fingertips such as the uh, the guidance from PCI for each associated line item is instantly available. Uh, if you have an, an assessor that's leveraging the TCT portal, uh, you've got their instructions, their examples are immediately available. Um, you know, all of your kind of internal notes, assignments, uh, what evidence did we use on the last go around on similar controls are immediately there and ready at your fingertips. Um, you know, there are just a ton of, uh, you know, of, of positive capabilities and quite frankly you know the whole reason that organizations built these tools is to save companies from you know the the sheer waste of internal time internal resource you know, that they would otherwise blow on, you know, on revamping, you know, their, you know, kind of their, their, their internal, internal systems. Um, it just makes a, it makes a lot of sense for organizations to seriously consider, you know, leveraging a compliance management system to manage their compliance instead of, you know, their manual or semi-manual pro- processes, you know, from the past. You know, there's a lot of organizations that I've talked to over, you know, over the years, that spend an inordinate amount of time uh, on, you know, Excel macros and, you know, uh, know, automation related to what they needed to do, et cetera. You know, you got to remember, this isn't simply just getting your your sheets and your storage locations up to speed. If you've got any manner of additional automation that you layer on top of your either manual or semi-manual process, you have to go in and gut revamp all that as well. Um, I don't know, man. I'm I, I'm a giant fan of not wasting time. And it's part of the reason why, you know, why I, uh, you know, why I started this company and why I stepped into the space to try to help people, um, you know, uh, make compliance management suck less. Most certainly. Parting thoughts
0: and shots for the folks this week, Adam.
1: Well, the bottom line, uh, if you have not uh, gone down the route of, uh, of making your transition and, and, and getting those wheels in motion, I know we're uh, right now we sit uh, sit very early in 2024. Um, but it is astounding how fast uh, time is going to fly uh, and how quickly uh, your organization is running out of runway. Um, to be able to do do what you need to do, uh, organizations need to take this seriously. They need to sit down and look at their current state uh, and and really efficiency uh, as they go through this process uh, is certainly uh, certainly certainly key. Um, you know, as they go down this path, uh, I, I can't underscore it enough. Um, you know that for those that haven't really contemplated the notion of leveraging uh, compliance management systems please do yourself a gigantic favor and just go take a look. Honestly, when you sit down and you look at how many dollars, time, indirect dollars are just going to go into the garbage can uh, as you <laughs> as you go ahead and make even just the move from three to one to four? Um, you know, the the cost of a compliance management system is going to be a drop in the bucket compared to how much you know internal time you're going to waste. And and honestly, the the diversion from you know for most organizations, what's the most damn important thing that they want to do? I mean, I hear this time and again. Yeah, you know, I'm a gigantic fan of security and compliance. Um, and yet I hear, you know, I hear from organizations, you know, this notion that, well, we gotta, you know, we got gotta go ahead and check the box for our compliance stuff again. You know, most organizations don't want to waste their time, you know, in their mind's eye, waste their time, you know, on the security and compliance stuff. They just, they want to be able to go in, do what they need to do, uh, do it correctly etc and you know and get back to you know uh, you know kind of what they perceive as their real work or their real job you know our real work and our real job is you know making this company sing and doing our operational tasks and da you know which which that's the a, a similar mindset that I've got to the you know to the benefits of heading down the route of compliance management systems it's uh, it, it is literally a way to achieve the objectives that the companies are wanting to achieve anyhow uh it's just sure. many of them haven't gone down the path uh they haven't taken the time to explore it um they haven't taken the time to think about you know what are the re- going to be the real material benefits of, of moving to the system uh I, i've said it on prior pods that we've done and and, and other blog articles that we posted you know but you know, one of the biggest advantages to leveraging these types of systems is that capability in really in year two plus uh, to be able to very cleanly look back at what did we do last time around? Who did it last time around? What was the evidence that worked last time around? Um, You know, as companies transition from three to one to four and transition from, you know, uh, four this year to for next year, that's really where the, the real material benefits of compliance management systems come into play. Um, you gain a lot in your first year. Uh, but honestly, you gain a lot more in year two plus uh, as you go down the path. Um, you know, it, the benefits just keep adding on to each other because, you know, one of the things that I had uh, I had a conversation with an organization who, you know, they had a couple of key people. Some, some of the people that were producing a lot of their compliance evidence ended up, for whatever the reason may be, transitioning away from the organization. And, um, you know, in those cases... Those organizations didn't have to freak out about, oh geez, who did what? Oh gosh, what you know, what evidence was supplied? You know, who was doing which items? All they had to do is go back to their systems and go in and look. And I don't know, we'll say Bob was the was the person that was key last year that's no longer there. You know, they could literally go in and say, okay. What all items did we have Bob doing Uh, of Bob's job? You know, who's taken over for those? So these are the people now that need to pick up these various pieces. And for those new people coming in that now need to get their arms around what the hell did Bob do last year? It's everything's at their fingertips. They literally can go in and look and see what worked for Bob last year. What was the assessor looking for? Um, you know, what do we need to go in and, 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 generate and garner, you know, in terms of evidence that'll, you know, that'll please the, you know, please their assessor or their, or their, uh, compliance consultant, you know, all of this stuff is literally at your fingertips. And, uh, it is just, uh, it's almost like, uh, the, the gift that keeps on giving once you get to year two and three, uh, you know, the, the material benefits of those organizations that saw the light, uh, and headed in that direction. Um, you know, it's, uh. It's a lot of fun to, to see the light bulbs going on uh, with organizations that have made that transition. Yes, indeed.
0: And that right there is the good stuff. Well, that's all the time we have for
1: this episode of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cusho. And I'm Adam Gosling. Hope we help to get you fired up to make your compliance suck less.